Welcome to the Beauty Hustle Podcast, a show dedicated to exploring the entrepreneurial side of the beauty industry and giving inspiration to you all. Now, here's your host, Robin Johnston. Hi everyone, thanks so much for joining back in. In today's episode, we speak to Kerry, who owns Peaches Salons. There is one in Glasgow and one in Falkirk. As well as having the salon, she has a training academy that she runs and is also a business coach. In this episode, we speak loads about positivity and how to have the right mindset, and Kerry is a big believer in this life. So it's very interesting speaking to her about this. And she also has a little question in here where I ask her about post-covid and how the salon is doing and what her advice is to to keep going after this covid time so i hope you all enjoy thanks thanks so much for coming on today then kerry so um if you can just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do okay so i am kerry ann angus and i have peachy salons so I opened up the Oven Up Peaches in 2010 and I was myself in the back of like hairdressers or just like other businesses, um, sole trader and from 2013 onwards I built it up and from 2013 onwards was when I took my first salon on and then built up staff, more salons, training academy uh, from then on and now we are one of the biggest salon brands in Scotland. Perfect, busy busy. Um, <laughs> so when did you start out in the beauty industry and is that where you always thought you would be? No, <laughs> I was, uh, so when I was younger, um, so I had my daughter really young, uh, I feel pregnant at 18 and it was just me and her and I was wild. Uh, I won't go into detail, but I was wild. Um, and when she went to nursery, I decided that I was going to go and do beauty. Um, and she's 18 now. Oh. When she went to nursery, I was like, right, I'm going to go and do beauty because I'm bored. I had all this time when she was going to be at nursery. So, um, I decided that I was going to go and do that. Didn't have a clue what I was going to do with it either. Um, and from then, when when I was there in my first year, I got a, a part-time job in Earth Castle Spa. Mm-hmm. And I was working there at the weekends. So from Earth Castle Spa, working at the weekends, there was things happening in the spa at the time that I was like, this, this, this doesn't sit right with me. Um, I can say that now because the manager doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> um, but there was things happening like replacement of um, products, you know, because they'd ran out and they were replacing it with cheaper products and stuff like that. So it's much better now, by the way, um, and, and more organised. but. There was things like that happening and I'm like, I don't know if I really like this. Plus, I don't really know if I like working for people. And because I didn't have much of a, a work career behind me, because I'd started working at like 16, like everyone else, 15, 16. And it was just like here and there, jobs here and there. I didn't really settle anywhere. Um, so I didn't really have a work experience as such. 
Um, but I just knew that I, it wasn't even that I hated work. I just hated working for people. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever find anyone that I liked or that I would, that, that kind of inspired me to come into work every day. So decided that I was just going to do mobile therapy um, and started like that. Uh, and then found my mum's hairdresser. My mum was in the hairdresser's one day. Was talking to the owner who did her hair at the time, and he was like, "Oh, we're looking for somebody like to go upstairs. We've got a room, and it's in the city centre." And my mum was like, "My daughter." So from then, and, and it kind of snowballed from then. So that's where I started. Uh, was in Bell and Badley on Hope Street. Did everything, whole beauty, like anything that I was past. So this is always. I was still in college. I was doing my HN year the last year, and then. Um, I was basically adding to the list as I was passing the modules um, and I had went on other training such as CalGel, tan training, like fake bait, all that, uh, lashes as well. So I, I was offering everything and then after a wee while I realised that people were coming back to me for waxing. I hated waxing. Oh really? <laughs> I hated it. It was messy. I, I just hated waxing never ever liked it from college but people kept coming back to me and I'm like why does everybody keep coming back to me and I was actually considering taking it off of my treatment list because I hated it that much and then it was um I had bought hot wax one day to have a play about with because I'd heard about this peelable wax it's meant to not be sore and all that tried it out my mum god love her <laughs> and I totally messed it up oh god <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine <laughs> trying it out in my, my bedroom of all places with the window open on a cold day and I'm playing with hot wax <laughs> oh that's hilarious yeah it wasn't good for my mum <laughs> I'm surprised she still gets waxed <laughs> so then I realised that I needed to get a training course <laughs> under my belt <laughs> um, and I did some I just did different training hot wax training played about with it found Peron um, and from Peron realised that actually waxing wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. So in 2011 I decided that I was going to make a really bold move. Um, nowhere at the time, in 2011 there wasn't really many salons that were niching, uh, if any. Um, no lash bars were around, there was no waxing like dedicated, I think there's one waxing salon and it was designer waxing that were around and that was it really and that's all that you'd heard of. Nobody was in the, the, the socials weren't that big, you didn't have Instagram, um, you know, only Facebook and stuff like that and, and so Facebook I was kind of working my way to, to building um, and then I came up with features and I, I decided to scrap everything else and just, just focus on waxing. Um, a niche and do something in the beauty industry that not like nobody had really done before. Yeah, that was um, actually one of my questions. I was going to say, how do you feel about the niche? Because obviously you just do. It's just a wax bar. Your salons, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, is that where? You, that's obviously where you came up with that idea because it wasn't really around at that point, really. No, it wasn't. And I was um, what I had done at the beginning of my business career. I, like, as a sole trader, I, I was always trying to learn off other entrepreneurs. 
And I'm really big on coaching. I think that everybody should have a business coach, no matter what stage you're at in business. I think that everybody needs needs coach. It's the same with fitness. Do you know, like you, you kind of if you've got a goal and it's a fitness goal, then you get a coach to achieve that goal. And people don't put their business into that category at all. And it's it's always baffles me because I've always done it. Um, where I've I've got a business goal, so I need to find somebody that can help me get to that. Mm-hmm. And it's always somebody that's been there and done that. So I've not I can't say, I don't think that anyone should have the same business coach either for for years and years because I think that it's really healthy to outgrow your coach and not necessarily outgrow them and become better than them. I'm not saying that, but I think that with business coaching, somebody needs to help you get to a goal and then you pick the person that's suitable for your next goal. Yeah. Um, so so I did that and, and I learned from a lot of other entrepreneurs. I was the member of um, a group called Entrepreneur Circle um, and it's Nigel Botterill and I would really highly recommend their work. Even now, I still, I'm still a part of that. Yeah. Um, and, and that, because that migrates as I do it, it's really good to kind of stay um stay with them because no matter where I'm at in in this journey mm-hmm. um, they, they they're there oh that's so, so good is that like a kind of yeah and I would I'd, I'd advise everybody to find somebody that's been there and done that and not necessarily with like lashes or with waxing or with anything like that in particular, but just somebody who is like way, way up there, um, you know, and who you look up to in a certain, in, in, a, in a way. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Um, so you have, so you have your two salons, don't you know? Um, do you still do treatments or, and obviously you have t- a big team, don't you, in both salons? So what's yes. your on like, how did you go from being your sole trader to like going down your teens? Yeah, I had a baby. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's um, it wasn't that. It was uh, so I had been doing less and less. Mm-hmm. The more the bigger your business grows, the more you need to work on it, and you'll have heard the the whole work on your business work mm-hmm. in it. Um, it was really hard to transition from being the wax of everybody wanted to allowing those people to go to other people your other people mm-hmm. but you know the thing is that I've found is that the only difficult part about that is you stepping away in your your mind because the clients will go to your staff yeah. they'll moan about it some of them they might have a comment to say about it but they will always go there and actually it's good because the, the clients that you have had and the build up to the point where you're going to step away to work on the business, those clients are actually comfortable enough to say to you, look, this isn't quite right and that's not quite right. So in actual fact, what you're doing is you've got your own kind of team of experts, if you like, because they're so used to the way that you do things that they know what what you would accept and what you wouldn't accept as part of your quality assurance. Um, <clears throat> and so you learn from that and that's when you can adapt your training for your staff, etc. 
Um, so actually the hardest part of that is, is just yourself stepping away and just kind of facing the clients to be confident enough to say, I'm building this business and that's the reason why I'm not doing it, like doing treatments anymore. I know, that's always, I always hear that often like loads of people, especially doing these podcasts now and um, that's the one thing that people do say, but it sounds so hard. <laughs> <laughs> It's because it, when you think about it, you've got particular clients in your head and you can hear them. <laughs> you yeah. can hear them and like, I'm not going anywhere else. And you're like, well, you will. <laughs> I know. Um, so what's, um, what do you look for then as well in a space? Like how do you kind of determine the location? What do you think take into consider there? So we, we did expand up to Aberdeen. So we actually had three. Um, and I actually sold one to, I sold Aberdeen Peaches, uh, Sammy, who you know, um, yeah, the studio. So she bought Peaches um, up there and just rebranded as a studio. Um, And it was a time where I had built up enough for me to be comfortable enough to be like, right, okay, we need to release this because geographically, the way that the business was working, it was just better to kind of scale back a little bit. Um, and work on what we had already down here. So we've got Falkirk in Glasgow. We just recently moved Falkirk about a year and a half ago um, from kind of nearer the main street down a little bit, but we're honest, like the kind of main roundabout in Falkirk that everyone passes through. So, and it's not even like where they're that visible, but we're just somewhere main. Mm-hmm. And with Glasgow, we're in the Merchant City, but it's a there's a main access to like the, the the main car parks or not far from the the train station. So I think all your usuals. I think that um, there's this new wave of salons that are opening up in office space, mm-hmm. um, and it works financially. However, the credibility that you get if you're building a brand. It can, in my opinion, I think you need to look bigger and you need to take more risk if you want a brand. But this is like if that that works, the office works completely, and I've been there, and it works great. But when you get to a certain point where you're like, I want to grow this brand and I want this to be household in the beauty in the beauty world, then you need to then consider how you look to an outsider or somebody who's never ever met you before yeah i think that the offices are great and when your clients are already used to you and coming to you they'll go anywhere but what you need to then think about is everybody who hasn't been to you and then compare yourself to somebody who is not necessarily high street but almost high street um and say well if that was just one looks alone who are they going to pick looks and surroundings yeah. And I think that's quite harsh to say, and I am quite harsh when I'm when I'm coaching people and stuff. I'm very um, to the bone, <laughs> but I haven't got where I got. You know, I, I've done it all, I ha- and I genuinely have been in office space, and I've been in the back of a hairdresser's and, and the back of a gym. I, I've been everywhere, so I can at least speak from experience yeah. with this. Um, but yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> no, that's such good advice. Some people don't really think like that, don't they, Mum? I think it's because it's not in the radar right now. 
and people want to just get to the next few months in the next year but really what you want to do is you want to make that stamp and, and you want to make that presence and I just think you've got to look at all the people who are amazing at their branding like Bo Colorbar and Naf and yeah. um, Swoon Nails and look at what they're doing look at what they've done so where have they been what are they doing now you know yeah, just so. uh-huh. it's like all about inspiration from these people isn't it yeah that's it um so for anyone that's listening then that's working on themselves that wants to branch out into that salon hire staff what's like your advice to them what would your first kind of piece of advice be <laughs> Well, before COVID, I would have said that you need, to, you need to make sure that you can afford to not have any money. Yeah. Um, you need to make sure, and I'm not saying that, like, the, the age-old thing where um, entrepreneurs will tell you that a business doesn't make money in the first two years, all that, it's shite. Um, our business has never not made money. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> See, ours, mine's has never not made money. It's always, always been on an increase, and it's always... It's, it's never been at a loss, but at the beginning I worked my arse off, I worked six and a half days a week, seven days a week sometimes, and you do not see your kids sometimes, and it's that thing where I am a very, I try to live a very mindful life now, but it's because I can, mm-hmm. and because I've got that, that goal, so it's about being very specific with your goals, and it's about taking risks because if you don't take the risk you're never going to get there and it's about being comfortable with being uncomfortable financially yeah because it comes down to it where you know you'll be making decisions where you've got maybe a thousand pound in your bank and you know you're you're then going right well I need to open my next one and if anybody from the outside was to look at that they would be like what the fuck are you doing (laughs) but you need to, you can you can comfortably say well yeah that's going to cost more than that but these clients are going to come in and I can charge this and yeah. so it's about forecasting but not forecasting your budget or your I mean I've never done a business plan plan but I think it's about forecasting your goals how you get there what you charge up there like you know so there's a lot of planning involved but also just there's a lot of just going for it yeah, I know. Everybody says just go for it. It's, yeah. It's good. <laughs> You've got to remember as well that a lot of the things that if you look at kind of business owners like myself or like other salon owners that you look up to and aspire to, their pers- personality comes into it a lot of the time. Mm. So personality, the, the personality of me that will be very like other salon owners like Fallon who owns Bo, like Tammy who owns Naf, is that we will go for it and not worry about what ifs but then throughout it we will you know that there will be worries but it's just that we just go for it so and that is a bit that is very much linked to your personality yeah yeah, so sometimes people need to push out that that kind of their own personality almost (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. i get that um, so you've also won um, some great awards in competitions and stuff Well, for the industry. Um, do you think that's a good idea for entering these kind of things for the business, like brand awareness and things? For sure. It's brand awareness, but also it's a bit of a kind of 
um, it's a bit of kind of blowing smoke up your own arse. <laughs> Which we don't do a lot of. I feel we like do a lot of themselves. Yeah. And actually to get the, the award, because some of them are, are, I hope that this um, podcast is like explicit because I keep forgetting that. <laughs> so much. Um, <laughs> but some of the awards are a load of crap. And it's, um, it's not votes, even though they say that it's votes. It's just... It's just like kind of who goes there, who enters quickly and who gives their um, support and evidence really quick. And mm. it, so sometimes it's due to favouritism. Sometimes, but then there, you've got awards such as the Pro Beauty Awards, um, which we did win. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you've got the Pro Beauty Awards. The Pro Beauty are legit through and through. They look at your finances. They look at your... They, they, um, they secret shop you. Oh, good. And then they report on that. And then they actually send out a judge to your salon to, for you to for, show them around, show them all your paperwork, everything. So when you win that, you know that you've won that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. That Look at the good credentials of the awards as well, but also just go for them because to get them is... It's just like a little bit of that on your ego yeah <laughs> yeah that's good um so you also have a training academy as well do you is that something you always thought you would be as well training people or and do you enjoy that side of things uh, when I started peaches I, I quickly well, I became the ambassador after a few months um of I became the ambassador of Peramigo which is our wax brand that we use mm-hmm. and with them I was showing people around the waxes, all the different waxes that you use, and I was doing what they call discovery days. And that then led me to go, well, do you know what? I actually think I want to train people because people were coming in and playing with the waxes to decide what to buy, but they weren't able to hold a spatula properly. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, these people have got their own shops and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. Right, so then it made me realise that I had a skill um, that, and I could teach it. And obviously it's the next step for a salon. It, it's almost like a natural progression for a salon owner um, to teach their skill if they have got a niche. Um, yeah. And so I wrote all the brochures, uh, all the brochures. I wrote all the uh, training manuals and we got them accredited uh, and we're still accredited through the guild and we still release more training courses as as we progress so mm-hmm. it's actually went from being just waxing to beauty uh, ah. training academy so oh that's so good that's yeah. good oh that's nice um so also moving on then to a positive mindset i know you said a little bit there um how important do you think a positive mindset is for success I don't believe that a negative mindset on anything gets you anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's an element of that you could bury your head if you were surrounded by utter crap and it, like your life was falling down around you, but you're like, it's okay, <laughs> it'll get better. I think that people mistake that as a positive mindset and I don't think that is I think that is just burying your head in the sand yeah. I think that positive mindset is what positive actions can I take today yeah. and I'm very mindful and I, I, I believe in meditation I believe in looking after your brain 
Um, and I believe that that then helps you create this kind of positive space when it comes to work. And anything that comes up, which things always do, you know, you've got people who kind of moan about having staff and, oh, how can I find the right ones? Or it's always just a, a bollock. And, but, and it could be, it can be, if you continue to think that way. But if you can continue, if you can kind of switch that to thinking, right, okay, they might not do what I do exactly how I do it. However, they're working hard. They're turning up. <laughs> like, they're able to then give you your freedom to work on the business. And maybe it's more of an insight on you as well. Mm-hmm. And I always feel like sometimes whatever's happening around you is a reflection of, of what you're kind of putting out there or not yeah. putting out there. I really so, believe things like that too. I really believe your energy is just, see if you're all negative vibes, then... All shit you. happens. <laughs> it just happens around you. And I just, yeah, so it's almost like whatever, like if you can just purposefully radiate good. Mm-hmm. or you know and it's that whole age-old good vibes only like if you can actually just imagine yourself radiating that mm-hmm. then it will come back on you it will yeah yeah definitely I so agree with that um so where do you see yourself and peaches in 10 years time <laughs> <laughs> I love this question <laughs> how many times have you asked this since COVID like, though oh, I know Nobody really wants to answer anymore. Because <laughs> we're all too scared. <laughs> um, so, right before or after COVID answer? No, I, I think um, even in 10 years' time, right, don't go on a tangent here. Um, in t- okay, right, in 10 years' time, I think that the, so the salon's part of Peaches. So Peaches is the umbrella. We've got the salons, we've got the training, we've got our products and we've got other things like coaching and stuff like that. So the salon's part of it. In 10 years' time, I would like to have the employees own that part themselves. Yeah. So they're, they're all in the shares. Mm-hmm. It's all theirs. Even whoever comes on board, whoever comes on board does their kind of year induction and then they come into the part of and and everybody's part of the board if you like yeah Um, and whatever effort they make they then reap the benefits so that's what I would really like because that's that for me that's my way of kind of giving back yeah people who work hard for you Mm -hmm. yeah no that sounds good and I'll be in the Bahamas <laughs> That's what a lot of people's answers are. <laughs> out of this country. <laughs> so another question then, maybe about COVID. What do you think you would change, or what have you kind of what is, what's your difference now of thinking like with COVID happening with business? So, I feel like we've taken it in the chin. I feel like we've taken it well. Um, there has been moments. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like everybody has had I've had a few um, meltdowns mm-hmm. I think some of them have been on social media yeah. <laughs> that. stop trying to book <laughs> our booking system isn't working <laughs> um, yeah, we've had a few meltdowns but we have in general we've taken this in the chin and what I had I was actually just talking to my husband about this last night and I'm like everyone just needs to suck it up 
Mm. Realise that it's a real thing. And everybody who is affected by it, even if you are, because we have been affected by it um, financially. You know, we, like August this year, didn't take what August last year took. Nowhere near it. Mm. And I'm talking about thousands and thousands. Mm. And, you know, through lockdown, we lost £300,000. Gone. So if we sit there and be like, this is what we lost and this is, look at this and this is down, all that is doing for me is just drawing that energy in at all that shit that's that's happened that we have no control over. I know. I think so that's what the thing that we don't have any control over, something like that. And we don't have control over what's about to happen either, like to a certain degree. Like we, we do, but we would have to collectively be in it together and we're not no. because people are still going to the pubs and like spitting all over each other <laughs> and they're, they are too close and they're not playing by the rules and, yeah. and so and, and there's salons in there that are not out there that are not wearing PPE mm. you know and it's on their socials they're putting up pictures and I'm like where's your fucking PPE like so people aren't taking this seriously so collectively it's never going to happen so we can't control that and I just think that just now, if I have any advice for any salon owners or sole traders out there in the beauty industry, it's to get wrapped up in PPE and do everything that you can do because you've got control over that. And it's to take today as the first day of business every day. Yeah. And how are you going to get more business in every day? So this isn't about you know like the, the age-old like let's just email everybody and let's do offers sack offers we, we can't afford to do offers i've seen a few um, people in do offers and i'm like no we can't afford this in the industry we can't afford to compete against each other bring it down more like no. the industry standards and stuff that's no and this is it, like this, yes, we're going into a recession, but I can guarantee you that the beauty industry, the hair industry, is never immensely affected in any of the the recessions that we've had. We've always kept our ground, we've always yeah. stood our ground in, in recessions. Mm-hmm. So if everybody just works together and just says, right, how do I get this, like, today, better tomorrow? What can I do? Um... I'm going back to kind of old school marketing ways um, and I could go into that like in more detail at another time but it's yeah it's about getting creative now with your clients and, right, okay. and just making sure that everybody knows exactly what you're doing mm-hmm. and it's not just maybe an email shot it's maybe it, it's maybe a video where you are full of PPE and you do because what we're expecting is that folk know what we're doing yeah and there's people that are too scared to come out of the house still. Yeah. yeah. Quite rightly so, but they might not realise that we are taking all this precaution. Because yeah. we put it in a post maybe like three months ago or an email three months ago, but not everybody gets that. So Yeah, of course. Uh-huh. So are you thinking that you're going away from social media to get people or what, what's your way of thinking? I'm going to use both. So what, what I plan to do is go back to the kind of old school way of of um, marketing where you have a, a kind of temptation here. So yeah. maybe it's like a free offer of something 
And then what you would then lead them on to do is once they sign up for that, that then is a tripwire to another part of a lead. It's like a lead magnet. Yeah. Um, it's another part of the lead magnet where, you know, you would then entice them in. But also what we're doing is we're um, I'm writing a couple of campaigns today and it's to explain to people, like, we know that you've been shaving and this is obviously waxing based. We yeah. know you've been shaving and doing your own stuff. We know that you've went longer than you've ever went before and it's actually now a bit more acceptable Mm -hmm. to have either longer hair or just go longer in between appointments. But here is some stuff that will help you go longer in between. And it's we've got like um, serums that stunt the hair growth and stuff like that. What I plan to do is offer this to people who are coming in for their wax, but then saying to them, look, this is going to get you longer in between your waxes. So rather than going, oh, just come in, come in, come in, come in. Uh, like, make your find a way to make your clients feel comfortable at home. Yep. But they also want to come in because they see the value in not as many appointments, but that one appointment that they might have now every eight weeks rather than every six. Yeah. It's, it's reality, you know, so... What everybody needs to write down their fears, write down exactly what is reality from that and what is in their minds. What are their, what, is it your thoughts around that fear mm-hmm. or is that reality and can it be changed? Yeah, uh, that's good. That is, that's so good to think about like the clients at home as well, like to help that out because there is people that's either scared or they are just waiting so much longer. And I think there's a lot of people that's like, I've, I've noticed nails as one of the things that my clients anyway are saying that, oh, I can go longer, not getting the nails. and I mean, that's been three weeks for me. And although I was always, I'm always like that, six weeks later, something happened. <laughs> but, but people were, were getting a kick out of, at the beginning of lockdown, they were getting a kick out of how long they were keeping their nails on yeah, for. Yeah. So that's their last mindset of nails. Yeah. And it's the same with lashes. The lockdown happened. Anyone who had a fresh set of lashes on for lockdown were like, I'm going to keep these good. Yeah. And you know, they were doing everything that they could to keep them good. So you've got that now where, it, and also everyone's like, fuck, are we going to end another lockdown? So what my advice would be is to, how can you help your client at home? Never mind in the salon. Yeah, that's good. And it might be that it's an investment of products that you can then offer them, but an investment is just that you know it's it's for a return so yeah yeah 100 percent um so two last questions then to end the show um what's your best and most worthwhile investment just as we were talking about (laughs) (laughs) um do do you know what it's my wax pots oh really and it was not even a big massive investment (laughs) i would say that along with we did a big 30k refurb in 2015 mm-hmm. and it was so but what it was massive like it, it was a massive refurb it was up and down stairs but mm-hmm. we only had the three rooms upstairs in Glasgow and then downstairs was just this big open plan basement but it was like a basement in Glasgow okay. um, <laughs> it's like the wee boy the wee ghost boy downstairs he still kicks about right enough but um he um so we did a big refurb and now it's two rooms downstairs a training room a staff room three rooms upstairs but 
like going back to what I was saying about how do you look to somebody who doesn't know you, that was by far the best thing that I've ever done because it just made us look like a brand, a professional brand. So I think, and I think that people have more access now. Like when I first opened Peaches, I was painting the place myself. It was all shabby chic because that's all I could actually do. Everything just looked shit. So I was like, oh, that's just shabby chic. So, <laughs> and and it was it was like a really pink, pretty salon, whereas the refurb was all white, grey, clinical. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of stepped us up a notch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that that's probably my biggest and best investment. Yeah. Oh, that's good. What was the other question? Um, well, the last question is, in the last five years, what's a new habit or belief that has improved your life? Meditation. Yeah, do you love that? Uh, like I don't love it all the time and it, I struggle with it at times and I can sit there and be like this is shit I'm not doing this properly <laughs> um, but I'll still stay in it and I'll do it every day every yeah, day that's so good I really want to get into meditation but I just like what you're saying there I don't push through I just struggle with it my mind goes away well, the, I'm now a meditation teacher. I have my yoga TV. Oh. Like I'm big, big, big on um, all of that now, um, the mindful life. Um, but I would say for anyone starting out, the Unplug app for meditation. Right. And it's insane. It's so good. You can do it guided, unguided. You can have two minutes. You can have 20 minutes. Right. And every night, I'll do an unguided meditation during the day in the morning but every night I'll put my sleep meditation on in my ears or just next to me on the phone because usually the husband's not up till later so put it next to me on my phone and the phone cuts off after it anyway so uh, the Unplug app is just amazing and it's worth buying I think it's £60 for the year mm-hmm. uh, but it's worth it oh that sounds good I've got on that because I do yeah, like you can do a free trial yeah uh, that sounds good um, so where can people find you then on social media? Um, I have got my social media, which is, I think it's underscore Kerry with an I underscore A. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my Instagram. And we've got the Peachy's Instagram, which is Peachy Salon. Peachy Salons. So we are on Instagram. We're on Facebook as well with Peachy's. Um, all coaching inquiries and stuff like that all come through. Um, the socials or the website we've got an amazing website as well so you can go and check that out that's peachystyle.com perfect well thanks so much for coming on again then Kerry it was so nice to speak to you thanks for asking me <laughs>